Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 70 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear, please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up today with our guest, Stephanie, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Stephanie earned a Bachelor of Science in Chemical Engineering from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, or MIT, and a Master's in Chemical Engineering from Berkeley in California, and then went on to get her Master's in Business, focusing on entrepreneurship and marketing from Emory University. She worked for Merck for a while, which is a pharmaceutical company, and now she has her own company, Math SP, and author of the book, STEM Gems. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Fill in any gaps, and let's get going. Great. Thank you so much, Jeff, for having me here today. Um, that was a pretty well done um, bio. Um, I am a chemical engineer. And one, one thing I'll mention outside of what you already said is that prior to oh, my first uh, job out of college was working for Amico, which your audience may not know because um, that was a company that existed back in the 90s and before it was purchased by BP. So now we know Amico as BP. Um, and when the two companies merged together. So that was the initial start of my career. I worked as a process engineer um, in that role in a manufacturing plant and then um, got some lab experience also with BP and also some, some computer programming experience working for that company as well. Um, all that prior to going to graduate school at UC Berkeley. There I did more lab work with the USDA um, did some great projects there um, dealing with natural rubber production. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on in our conversation. But just wanted to make sure that I added on um, those particular experiences that I've had working as a chemical engineer. Appreciate that, Stephanie. And as a process engineer, could you explain to STEM Nation what a process engineer is for a, a plant working at uh, BP or Amico? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you think about um, the process of creating or designing something. Um, everything that we look and touch and deal with every day has been created by a process, especially if it's been mass produced or produced in large quantities. And so in the um, Amico plant um, or BP um, plant that I worked um, before, it was a plant that produced polymers. And polymers is really the building block of so many different things that, again, we, we use in everyday life. Um, so this plant manufactured three different types of polymers. So you can imagine this large-scale production. Everything was a, was an outdoor. It was an outdoor plant. Uh, lots of different chemicals here. So imagine like a black box, and in, in comes various chemicals, and the out, output is the polymers. Different types of polymers with different properties. So the black box is really the process design. The engineers design that process. And we work to optimize the, the product that's coming out, the polymers in that case. Um, we think about the inputs, the right measure and the, the right um, ratios of inputs and, and what goes on inside that to create the product that we want to make. Um, and then we, of course, package that and sell it to different companies after going through, you know, testing and and different things. So um, this black box is, is really about what a process engineer does is creates the process of bringing in the chemicals to produce that, the desired outcome. So, Stephanie, why chemical engineering? Why did you choose that over, let's say, computer science or mechanical or environmental or civil? Why, why chemical engineering? So that kind of goes back to, I guess, middle school and high school. I've always been a fan of math. So math was something I enjoyed 
as early as I can remember, chemistry came along for me in high school. And once I was introduced to chemistry, I really just fell in love with it. Um, I enjoyed all the experiments that we did in class um, every day or every week. And so for me, it was really combining my love for chemistry and math that led me to want to pursue chemical engineering. I didn't really consider any other engineering, to be honest with you, because I just love chemistry way too much. So for me, it was was, you know, either pure chemistry, a chemistry major or a chemical engineering major. Um, because of, like I said, my love for math, I decided to go the engineering route. Um, I, I did like biology and physics a little bit, but again, the chemistry just really took over for me. Um, and that's, that's essentially what led me down that path. I also considered biomedical engineering. That was a kind of a strong second option for me. Um, at the time when I was applying to college and in college, biomedical engineering wasn't yet a major it is today, but back then it wasn't a major. So you had to sort of specialize in chemical um, as a major, and then you could sort of do bio classes, biochemistry, um, biology, et cetera, to supplement that. So that's sort of what I did, because I sort of always had a passion for applying my my degree in a medical type of way, or either a pharmaceutical company or any sort of medical device company. So the medical side of me solving problems through um through medicine appealed to me. So I, I did consider biomedical and did take some bio classes as a chemical engineering major, but no other engineering um, major really appealed to me more than chemistry. All right. Thanks for that, Stephanie. And let's get very specific here. And, and now, what is your area of expertise? Because of my work dealing with polymers, so I worked in the chemical plant, manufactured polymers, and then I also worked as a metabolic engineer um, doing some with some work with natural rubber producing plants. Um, so I have sort of created this, uh, I guess, niche, so to speak, in, in that space of plastics and polymers and, and things like that. I've also had quite a few experience um, in the oil and gas working for BP. So I had a chance to work in their oil and gas division of the company. So if I had to name sort of an area of expertise, I would say there was two. One would be oil and gas, and the other would be polymers and plastics and um, natural rubber, which is sort of, I guess, a category within chemical engineering. Okay, Stephanie, and, and moving on, we're going to move to something that really has you fired up today. So what has you really fired up today? Well, that's a great question. And, I, and if I go back to my experiences working as an engineer, um, again, I graduated college in 2001, so it's been a while. Um, but one thing I noticed in my very first internship working as a chemical engineer was the lack of women. Um, in my first, second, and probably even third internship, I was the only female, not just intern, but engineer, period, um, in the company. And so it really, it really surprised me coming from um, MIT because in my classes in, in college, it wasn't that way. It was a pretty good balance of um, men and women um, in the classroom. But when I got into the workplace, it was such a huge um, lack of women. And it really just kind of shocked me my first time. And then when I had a second internship, you know, it was the same way. And then even when I had, um, when I finished college and, and was working, it was the same way. So I think what has me fired up today is what can I do as a woman um, in, you know, engineer to help 
kind of recruit or inspire or expose more girls to careers within STEM, specifically within engineering. So I am really fired up about um, doing as much work as I can to expose and inspire more women towards STEM. And this is really why I wrote the STEM Gems book and started the STEM Gems program, um, because the book outlines 44 different careers in STEM, and it features 44 different women in these careers. And uh, all the careers that are, that are featured in this book are male-dominated careers. So it was important for me to highlight these careers and highlight women in these careers to really help close that gender gap in STEM. And, and, and STEM Nation, you'll be able to find the STEM Gems link on the show notes. So you can go there or just Google uh, STEM Gems. Um, so, Stephanie, you, you know, STEM Nation is designed to be, you know, junior, senior in, in high school, thinking about STEM careers. And, and maybe by that time, a lot of the, the females that are thinking about it have decided to go a different route. But what would you tell STEM Nation, especially the women out there, on, on why they should head down a, a STEM career and why, why we need more women in STEM professions. Why we need more women is, is really hopefully obvious to a lot of people, um, men and women both. It's because you get your best products and your best ideas when you have a diverse group of people around you. And that's diversity in gender as well as diversity in every other way you can think of the word. Um, so when you're at a table, when you're in a meeting, in a, you know, in a environment where you're coming up with the next, you know, pro- you're solving the next problem, where you're thinking of ways to um, advance a new technology or whatever it may be, to have that diversity of, of thought and of minds is extremely important. And having women in that conversation adds value, adds so much value um, than not. And so I think sometimes when you just have one woman, what tends to happen is that one woman either is a little bit intimidated or may not be uh, as vocal as she would want to be because she may not feel her voice will be heard or she'll be talked over or what have you. So I think when you have, you know, just one, it's sort of, you're sort of not getting a representation of, of the gender. Um, but if you have, you know, a sort of, you know, enough representation, then you'll start to get new ideas and, and, different ways of thinking about a problem, different ways of solving a problem, different perspectives. And that just really adds so much value. So I think that's hopefully something that most that people do understand. Um, and so I would say to the, to the girls and young women listening to this, to this podcast is that, you know, though you may go to a college and major in a STEM career and maybe one of the few women in your classes, um, I do believe that you're, you're making a huge difference and you may feel as if it's not for you. And you may even be told by a peer that it's not for you, but I really challenge you to, um, to kind of stick with it and to find a community that supports you, whether that be through an organization like society of women engineers, SWE, or whether it be through, um, you know, your, um, sorority or any kind of group that you can be a part of that supports what you're doing. That's extremely important to have that community around you. Um, but just go, the challenges will be there. And this is for really boys and girls or men and women. But I think that persisting through those and holding true to your interests and hobbies and not letting someone tell you otherwise is, is the key to getting through it. And just recognizing that is going to happen more than likely. You're more than likely going to be in a classroom that is predominantly men. Um, 
but that doesn't mean you don't belong. Yeah, absolutely, Stephanie. You know, diversity in the workplace is, is so important. You got to have all the different minds working on things, all the different diverse backgrounds of, of race, sex, and creed. Everything needs to be there to come up with the best solution for a product. And we're going to move to an aha moment, Stephanie. You know, everybody likes a story. Could you tell us a story and how you took an aha moment and turned that into success? Um, yeah. So two kind of stories come to mind. One is just kind of what I've already mentioned about my experience being the only woman in that work environment. And my aha moment there was, you know, really writing this book and starting this program to help curb that. Um, and that has been a passion of mine for the past I would say four years now. Um, and so that aha moment was like, you know, what can I do or what, how can I contribute to solving this problem of just this lack of, of women in, in this, in STEM. And so I think that's a great resource. I think the second one I would like to mention um, is, is one that happened when I was in graduate school. So I was working on some research and this involves um, working with natural rubber plants. And my research was to try to um, get, a particular type of plant species to produce higher quality rubber and greater yield. So two outcomes there, better quality and greater yield. Um, and so this was something that had never been done before. Um, that's the great thing about research and, and STEM is that a lot of the work you're doing has never been done before. So you are literally changing the world through the work that you're doing. So here I am in the lab trying to figure out something that there's no recipe for it. I'm, I'm having to create and and think about different ways to make this happen. Um, of course, with the help of my advisors and my um, and my peers. So I remember spending um, a good three or four months, literally every single day, running the same experiment, but tweaking it and and adding on different um, change, making different changes until I could figure out what was going wrong. So holding something steady, keeping some things controlled and changing one small thing. And, and we're talking about microliters of, of material here. So um, pipetting things that you can't even see with your naked eye. So lots of room for mistakes, just human error, um, and trying to figure out what was going wrong. Was it something, you know, was it me? Just again, human error, was it, you know, what was it about this experiment that wasn't working the way that, you know, I felt like it, it should have been working. So for three or four solid months of um, really trying to, the brainstorm and come up with, um, you know, a solution to the to the problem of why this particular experiment wasn't working the way it should have been working. And after that fourth month, um, when I finally got it to work, it was a celebratory um, environment for quite some time. Um, I I grew up in in Georgia, and so being in California for graduate school and not being able to um, go home that summer because I couldn't go home and visit until I figured out this experiment. So it was very frustrating um, because I knew that it was something that was important for me to try to figure out. Um, but when I figured it out, it was such, like I said, it was very celebratory. I then was able to publish um, not one, but two different papers about it in two different journals. And, um, and that just kind of speaks to to really stem in general, especially researching, is that it's so rewarding. It's, it's, it's a huge contribution where you can get something to work or you can get you can achieve something that's never been done before. You can share it with, um, you know, your community of fellow scientists or engineers, and then they can build off of that work or together you can come up with different ways to keep advancing whatever it is that you're working on. And so because we're trying to do this transgenic work, 
that had never been done before. And the U.S. really was, um, you know, was it, it was something that would have affected our entire country and enabled us to grow our own natural rubber here in the States. It was such a huge accomplishment. So that story is just one of perseverance, of not giving up, of just sort of taking, um, taking it all in seeking your team, your community, trying to brainstorm different ways and approaches of doing, of doing it differently. Um, and just never giving up on yourself because it's pretty easy to do that. Um, but knowing, you know, the excitement you have behind it and the curiosity you have behind it kind of keeps you going. Yeah, absolutely. Stephanie, it's that stick to itiveness. It's, it's grinding it out. It's just keep working at it, working at it, working at it until you solve the problem. And that kind of lends into the next set of questions here, which is, you know, heading off to college. And one reason I started this podcast is because I realized that there's about a 50% dropout rate on average through STEM, STEM curriculum. So um, the chances of you actually making it through is about a you know 50-50 chance. And what I want to do is give advice on how to get through college successfully, because anybody can do it. You just have to know what, what, you, what to expect. So Stephanie, heading back to when you're about 18, heading off to college, what are some things that you wish you knew that you think would help STEM Nation get through college successfully? I think the number one thing for me was the importance of asking for help and not working alone. That was a big issue for me when I was a freshman um, at MIT because I was so used to really being able to figure it out on my own. If I just read the book or, you know, go and look at the class notes, I can figure it out. Like I didn't really need the extra help. I could figure it out. But in college, it was not the case. Like I found myself struggling on problem sets and really just confused about so many different things. And I did not realize in the beginning that it was even okay to ask for help. And so I remember it, it was probably three or, four months in, three or four months into the semester that I finally was like, I don't know what to do. Like I, you know, I was just like been having a hard time. And so finally a simple, you know, email to the TA or the professor to ask to come in for office hours. And then when I finally did that, I realized that half the class was in the office hours. So it wasn't just me. And I think that sometimes you think it's just you who needs the extra help. And that kind of, you know, in your mind, you feel just silly asking for the help, or at least I did. Um, and then I realized that most of the class was getting extra help as well. And it, not only was it um, something that everyone was doing, it was actually encouraged. Um, so much so that today it's a requirement that you um, seek help and that you not work alone, um, which is pretty cool, I think. Yeah, absolutely, Stephanie. I think that's great advice, right? You have to go get help. If, if you get behind in a college class and you don't go get help, it's really, really difficult to get, pa get caught back up. And more than likely, you're going to fail that class. And actually, you know, even if you do fail that class, there's nothing wrong with that because you can always take the class again, realize what you did wrong. You know, you didn't go get help. Go get help and continue on, you know, through that STEM curriculum because the STEM careers, they are very rewarding. They pay very well and you're very employable, not only in engineering curriculum or not only in engineering fields, but in any other field. Because when you get through an engineering or a STEM curriculum, you kind of get that stamp of, hey, you know what? You're pretty smart because you made it through. So thanks for that, Stephanie. And we're going to head off to the lightning round. Are you ready? I am ready. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Best piece of advice is to give yourself permission. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I mean that so often we turn to other people to um, to seek approval. 
And what I found in myself, I rem- and again, a quick story about that. In graduate school, when I was finishing up and I was trying to decide what next, and there were so many different options, and I was turning to all these different people for advice on what I should do, what company I should work for, what field, what industry. I was interviewing on Wall Street for investment banks, interviewing for oil and gas companies, interviewing for just chemical companies, so many different things, so many different options on the table. And everyone had their own piece of advice. And and it was pulling me probably in 10 different directions, listening to all the advice I was giving. And I think finally I had to give myself permission. I had to say, Stephanie, what's in your heart? What do you want to do? What's going to make you the happiest? Which Money aside, which of these careers is going to make you the happiest? What's the next step that you want to take? And I had to listen to myself and give myself permission to follow the path that I felt that was best for me. So after getting all the advice, I think give yourself permission. Advice is great, especially from people you trust. So seek the advice, but then give yourself permission to choose the path that's best for you. And a personal habit that contributes to your success. Absolutely have a to-do list and write things down. I am a fan of to-do lists <laughs> and I write everything down, especially when you're so busy and have so much going on. Um, I've been doing this actually since high school. I remember as far back as high school, having like a, a planner. And I still to this day have a planner. And it's something that I, I do have some things that I keep electronically in my, my phone, but other things I still just have to write it down in my planner and the, the technology will, won't replace that to some degree. So um, I think having a list keeps you organized, writing things down keeps you focused. And then I'll also say living in the moment. So I think about today, of course I think about the tomorrow and things I have to do later on, but I think when you're thinking about that, you're not living in the moment and you pass up opportunities um, and you don't take advantage of opportunities as much as you probably could have. So I try to do my best to think about what I need to be focused on right now and the things I need to focus on later. I'll think about that later. And if you had to recommend one book, what would that be? Well, that was an easy one for me because that's going to be the STEM Gems book. <laughs> Absolutely, the STEM gems. It's the book I uh, wish I had when I was a teenager, and because I would have had a chance to learn about different careers and and forty four to be exact, forty four careers, and learn about the stories of of women and how they chose their career. So I think this podcast does a great job of that as well. But just having an opportunity to learn as much as possible about career opportunities that you may not not have ever even heard of or thought about, um, and learn more about how these careers make a difference in the world is um, is sort of the book I would recommend to our audience today. All right, Stem Nation, you can check that out in the show notes. You can go to stemonfire.com, go to the show notes, and you'll find a link to the STEM Gems book. And Stephanie, we're going to close out here. If you could provide a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation, and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, so that would be, again, high school audience here. It would be continue to work hard, as I know you all all do. Continue to work hard and, again, seek help. Be brave. I think bravery is way more important than being perfect. And I think for a lot of girls, especially, we strive for perfection instead of just being brave and doing our absolute best. And so don't strive for perfection. No one is perfect. Um, Just be brave. And then lastly, I would say is always stay curious. All right, Stephanie. And with that, we will say goodbye. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed that chat today with Stephanie. You can head over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player. And please share it with a friend. Tune in next week. We talk with Elizabeth, who is a professor in chemical engineering. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM career.